What's up, guys? Welcome to the That's Good Podcast. Uh, Dan here, coming at you by myself just for a moment to tell you that uh, the holidays are crazy. They've been amazing. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm really tired. Uh, it's in the best way. I'm exhausted in the best way. But because of the holidays, craziness, people coming and going, people out of town, in town, um, all that kind of stuff, we did not get a chance to record a pod for this week. I know I'm sad. You're sad. I wipe the tears from your eyes, though, because we have a pod that we pre-recorded before Christmas uh, that did not get dropped yet. So today we will be dropping uh, episode number five with our guest number two on the pod, and we'll be dropping it this week. But you're going to hear all this Christmas talk because we recorded it before Christmas, but... You're going to love it. It's going to be great. The guest is amazing. Um, and then we'll be back at the podcast life next week. All right. So enjoy guest number two, episode number five of the That's Good Podcast. Cue the intro. That's good. Welcome back to episode five of the That's Good podcast. This is your host, Shelby Delane Smiley, and... My name is Daniel James Dodd. And it kind of sounds like maybe there's somebody else in the room. It seems that way, yeah. Weird. I think maybe we have a, a guest host today, maybe named Desiree Ronan? Desiree! Hey! Welcome, Desiree! Hello, everybody. So, I am... How old am I, guys? I don't know. Like, I think I'm like 20, right? Yeah. Okay, a little bit about myself. I am a sophomore at Kennesaw State University. Go Owls. Hootie Who. Owls? That's their mascot? Black and yellow. Do they have a Hootie Who? Is that like a saying? Yes. No, for real? they have a little sign over their um, eyes. I don't know. That sounds kind of creepy. But like Virginia, like University of Virginia, where our boy Noah went. Hey, Um, shout out to Noah that would never listen to this. That's correct. That's why I said it. They're... um, they're like they're the Cavaliers, but for some reason their thing is to go wahoo wah. Oh, I like that. I don't know why. That's well, weird. and then the pig suey is Arkansas, right? Ooh. Yeah, because we were at camp that one year, and all this like hundred Arkansas kids surrounded us, and we're like, it Ooh. was terrifying. And I was like, we're gonna die. They were very, very low. But we lived. They were. So Kennesaw State hootie hoot. Yeah, hootie hoo is actually how you do it, and then you do a little symbol over your eyes that look like owls. That's actually kind of dope. <laughs> anyway, sorry, continue. Kennesaw State. I am a criminal justice major, and guess what? I've literally been at Chaos since sixth grade, guys. Wait, Shout out to sixth and grade. Like 20? Yeah. Ugh. What year would you in well, sixth grade? Hey, guys, have been? I graduated, okay? Oh, okay, okay. Right, but what what would you what year would have Desiree in sixth grade been? Let's backtrack. Ooh. You graduated in the year of our Lord, 2021. <laughs> no, I think it was 2022, guys. No, no 2022 okay. was this year, that, Desiree. Oh, that oh, was our my You did not just graduate okay, high school. 2021. Now, backtrack four okay. years ago. High school. So you would start high school in 17, because okay. 21 minus 4 is 17. Middle school. So 2014. 2014. The year of go. Hazel. So Dodd. the year that Desiree, let's talk about what we were all doing in 2014. Desiree was entering chaos as a sixth grader. Hazel Dodd was not born. She was 15. So you pretended like you knew my family, but you don't. <laughs> just kidding. Um, Sorry, I was I, off by one year. I was a, <laughs> this was <laughs> a, I just graduated college. In 2014. In 2014? Mm-hmm. Wow. I, I feel feel like would be in eighth grade. I was obsessed with The Fault in Our Stars. Um, I had mad anxiety, and I met my best friend, Nicole. That's what I was doing in 2014. 2014 was a year. I got married in 2014. I graduated college, right? And then a month later, Michelle and I said, I do. And we got married. 
I don't know why I said it like that. I did. I did. Okay, anyway, cool. um, Desiree, chaos in 2014. Can you describe, can you give us the vibe of chaos in 2014? Okay. Um, vibe. Okay. Allison, preacher. Everybody, <laughs> pastor. everybody <laughs> loved to sit 20 Just people in a row. The That's pause yeah. that went there. Allison, long pause. Preacher. Preacher. Fire messages. Okay. 20 people in one row mm-hmm. on top of each other. Mm-hmm. A funny this is core memory, actually. Okay. A funny intro video of the rules. Video. So funny. I've seen that video for sure. Yeah. Wait, with people or was it just the words on the text? No, there was people. There was oh, because like I've seen the one that's basically like, like no vaping and like shows the words. Yeah, no, there was like I. Think we ditched that video. Sh- sorry, Allison. <laughs> I don't have no rules now. Hold your boyfriend's hand. <laughs> no rules at all. Chaos is chaos. I think it was like, but not at chaos. Yes, you are right. And there was like. Obviously, older students because they were going to have my sixth grade self mm-hmm. give rules out. All right, so we have the vibe of chaos. Allison, preacher, preacher, <laughs> fire messages, fun games, rule video. Okay, w- do you have like a best memory from your years at chaos? Because you went all the way through, you graduated. Okay, well, I have too many, but I do have a really good costume story. Okay, Ooh, Halloween. I hope. Yeah. Maybe. So Halloween. <laughs> I hope. Harold's gonna be random. She's like. <laughs> It was a random Wednesday in, a, in April, and I decided to wear a costume. No, no, guys. Month of October. Okay. So, at first, it was just going to be Halloween costume party. Whoever gets the best costume wins. So, I came up with this amazing idea. I was going to be a parking cone. <laughs> Bright orange parking cone. I don't know why. Then, come so to cool. find out, it was supposed to be, like, a small group team effort, blah, 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 whatever you want to call it. So, my whole small group was going to do, like, parking attire. So, like, stop sign, bulldozer. And sad story, we didn't win. But Do you remember who beat you? Do you remember who won? No. I think it was at, like, a younger age. I wasn't about, like, 11th grade, I thought maybe it, like, ingrained in your mind. But I just thought it was a Disney princess. Yes. That was my first year. That was my first year. No, no, that was my first year. Because I remember Lindsay Orham being a grape, and I remember Taylor Crabtree being... Grapes and it was balloons, maybe? Mm-hmm. maybe. Oh, I do remember. No, this was when Dan wasn't here. I think it was yeah, the year before. Yeah, no, year before me. Yeah. But I lost, but I just, I was so proud of my costume. Everybody loved it. I just thought it was something nobody would have thought me to walk up in as a bright orange cone. I don't know that I would ever expect anyone to walk up to me as a bright orange cone. I know. That was the point. So it you really, you did a great costume. job. You did a great job. Thank you, thank you. Well, I'm sorry that your best memory at chaos involves you losing a contest, but um, <laughs> what about the worst? What about your worst memory? You have any horrible memories, or is this like coincided that it's your best and your worst memory? Okay, no, that wasn't my best and worst. I did have like kind of a low point. We were doing small groups, and I just wasn't connecting with like my leader or even the people within my small group. However. Even though, like, I didn't ever want to come. I will admit that. Like, I did not want to come to chaos. I think we all go through phases. I will never forget my senior I'm year. I'm now. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding, guys. <laughs> Anyways, Dan was in his Sorry. senior year. Anyway, guys, that's the last you're going to hear from Shelby. She's gone. Um, no, like, in my senior year, all my friends are older than me, and I just absolutely did not want to go to church, did not want to go to my youth group. I would come up with every reason I could not go. I'm like, Mom, I have homework. And she's like, you have literally never done homework at home in your entire life. And I'd be like, oh, I have a test. And she's like, you don't study for tests. And she would make me go, but I didn't want to go. Anyway, sorry. You were in that phase of your life. Yeah, so m- moral anyway of the story. 
I was in that phase. I didn't want to go to church. I didn't want to be at chaos at all. However, I just stuck it through. <laughs> I stuck it through, and I feel like in the end, I'm so very grateful because even though I didn't have that much of community at the time, afterwards, me continuously coming, I built my community around constantly staying and not just quitting because I wasn't having so much fun like I do now. Yeah, I mean, what do you think, and how do you think your life is different because you stuck it out? As opposed to, like, what if you had been like, I'm not really connecting with my leader, I'm not really connecting with these girls in my class, because I was that way in my church. I did not, I didn't have guys in my class who I was friends with. They were all older than me. Um, like, what, I guess, what difference do you feel like that made? Like, what do you think, if you had left, as opposed to, like, you stuck it out, what do you think the difference in your life would have been? Okay, so if I had left, honestly, I feel like, one, I would have never gotten a community of, like, girls my age that I love to be around or even just a community of to tell people my problems because that's what chaos is like you connect to people around small groups connect to them and explain your problems also learn about Jesus and everything in that way however if I didn't stay I feel like my walk with Jesus would have gone very downhill even though I attend church on Sundays however small groups is where you can get more connections so I feel like if I hadn't stayed I probably wouldn't be in the position I would be now with my walk with Jesus and also with the community of people I actually have now. That's good. No, yeah, that's awesome. I think we, I, we're not going to, like, it's not a secret. I, I would guess with 100% certainty that we have students at CAS who are like, I don't know that I'm connecting with the kids in my group or with, maybe we have amazing leaders, but, you know, you, not everybody connects the way that, like, two people always do. So it's like maybe someone feels that way, but a leader or anything, but I think it's super important to talk about how um, you would have been really easy for you to quit and run and just give up on it, but that would have been actually detrimental to your walk with Jesus. But instead, you stuck through something difficult that didn't come easily, and now you have something really, really cool because of it. Like, and that's a community of people who walk, uh, walk with you as you follow Jesus. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I liked it a lot. So now you're in college, going hooty hoo. <laughs> with the Kennesaw State Owls, what do you what do you got going on in college that helps your walk with Jesus? Because you're graduated, we kicked you out of chaos. Yeah, we only let you back on breaks. Um, <laughs> so in camp, actually, never mind. Desiree has served as a leader at a small group leader at camp for two years in a row now, Woo! killing it, being amazing, Round helping three, point students, loading. helping both point students to Jesus and make sure they stay alive at a week at camp, which is both. Difficult things to do, and she's killing it. Anyway, what are you doing at college? Stop saying anyway, Dan. Okay, so I don't know if you guys have been here for this long, but before we went to big stuff for the past two years, we also went to this camp called are Passion. If you guys have been here. Are you talking to them? Yes, I'm talking, talking about the us. students. Speaking no. to the listeners. Sorry, I thought you were talking to us. I was about the to The millions say, of listeners. I no, there. I'm talking to the amazing We're not the only students. ones here, Shelby. Sorry, that guys, go. Really There's millions of people involved in this conversation. Okay, students of Christchurch Camden and others, we used to go to this camp called Passion. And so when I chose college, I found out that I was only about 15 minutes away from the what? actual Passion City Church. Was your so favorite singer, dude? What's his name? Sean Curran. Drumroll. Why the drumroll after his name? Because it was just it's so amazing. Worth celebrating. Oh, I thought it was the like after. I effect. thought the drumroll always came before, like anticipation. Not when you're with Desiree. Sorry, keep going, Sean Curran. <laughs> so I attend every Sunday. I absolutely love it. And I'm also like 
get to see like all the amazing singers when I was in like high school and middle school like like you know how like when you go to like a church and you see these singers or like these leaders and you're like oh my god I want to be them or like oh my god I can't wait to meet them in person like that was my all moment when I went to church the one Sunday and they were all on that stage singing and I was like 10 feet from them like my middle school like high school self just wanted to reach out and touch them especially Sean Curran like especially (laughs) but so like that that was just like jail (laughs) <laughs> Possibly. So, no, just kidding. I'm just kidding. Keep going. But that was like my all moment. But I actually, I really, really love it. But, okay, crazy story. Our first oh year back at I love Big when Desiree Stuff. starts with crazy stories. It's great. <laughs> it's really not crazy. It's just like. Don't downplay it. Keep okay, going. Yeah, Your story's it's crazy. great. It's crazy. So, our first year back at Big Stuff with Daniel Dodd, he knew this guy, Caleb, and somehow Caleb was like. What is he, Dan? What would you describe like him? Host. I don't know his, like, wait, at, at Big Stuff or at Woodstock? At Big Stuff. Um, I actually don't know his job title, but he was basically the host. I know that he did worship before, but he had, that year, he had had um, some, like, vocal cord problems, so I think he was just hosting that year. Okay, well, he was the host. However, I didn't know he was there, and, like, like two weeks prior to this, the living room in Woodstock City, which is about, like, 15 minutes from where I live, where I go to school, had reached out to me and like, oh my God, like you guys should come to this living room on Wednesday nights for college age students. And I was like, oh my goodness, I would love to. And I was DMing them. Next thing you know, Daniel Are Dodd's you famous. Like, yeah, if you didn't know. Yeah. Next DMs. thing I know, Daniel Dodd is telling me, oh my God, Caleb, like I have history with him. Like I babysat him as a I have kid. History <laughs> with him. The short story is his parents taught at my school and went to my college, and they are amazing people. Um, their names are Errol and Dorcas Morgan. They are amazing people. Uh, and I lived at their house for a summer while I worked at a golf course locally over the summer at my college instead of going home. And I hung out with Caleb and his two brothers all the time at the house, and we played video games, and we jumped on the trampoline, and we goofed around. Okay, back to the story, now that you got the background. Anyway. Now that you know my relationship somehow, with Caleb, the history. Yeah, somehow <laughs> it came up that he worked at the living room. Crazy, right? That was supposed to be mind-blowing, guys. It was crazy. I, Whoa! I, we knew, he, sorry, we know the story already. So it's, yeah, you know, so But he the listeners' minds was, are blown. Yeah, so next thing you know, like, I got introduced to him by Daniel Dodd, and we were talking... Tournament. We were talking, and he was telling us how he works at this church, Woodstock City Church. And I was explaining, like, oh, my God, I just recently got a DM from them. And I was talking about the living room. He's like, oh, my goodness, like, I hope you come. So later on in the story, guys, now I'm in college, okay? Really, that was just like, oh, my goodness, like, someone connected to me. That was the beginning. Someone reached out to you and said, hey, you're awesome, and we would love for you to be part of what's going on here. And then I go to the living room Wednesday night. It's for college-age students. And he recognizes me. <gasps> Caleb, my man. Recognizes me and, like, talks to kid. me. And now every kid. time I see him, he always talks to me. And I just love that. How before I even went into college, I met somebody that was going to help me get into a church. I think that's so cool. And I think here is where you just described the importance of relationships, right? That you can have, I'm sure Woodstock has amazing programming. And like you talked about, incredible singers um, and worship and their band is incredible. But what made you love where you're at and want to stick around is a relationship. That Caleb remembered your name and he was pumped to have you as a part of it. And that's our goal at Chaos as well. So 
100%. relationships. I think that's where it's at. It's the week of Christmas. Six days until Christmas as we record this. It'll be even less when you listen. Uh, the week of Christmas is madness, and I love it. But also because it's only madness because I don't shop before the week of Christmas. Really? Yeah, why would you? Why I, um, Why miss the mayhem? not stressed? Yeah, but the stress is what fuels me at Christmas. <laughs> I love the stress. Who wants a relaxing Christmas? I want I want to be stressed out. Like, I want to go shopping in stores where the lines are long, and the thing that I'm looking for is not on the shelf. And then I get really angry. And you're wearing a jacket, and you don't want to take it off because you're about to go outside, but you're, like, sweating, and so you get angry sweats while you're in line at the Dick's Sporting Goods. That's never happened to me. That sounds like a Shelby problem. But what happened is in New York, it's so cold outside that you just leave your jacket on all the time. You don't ever take it off. So, stressful Christmas week. It's almost. It's going to be Christmas Day on <gasps> Sunday, Ew. which is amazing. I love Christmas. I'm spending this Christmas with my wife's family where the, where the schedule for Christmas Day is a little bit different this year, especially since we're going to a house that nobody lives on. But I just have a question for you guys. What is your Christmas Day family schedule? Like, what, how does the day roll out? Yeah. So, first up, we wake up. Crazy. I know. Then we, like, peek our heads out of our doors, and we're like, Mom, can we come out? And she's like, no. Wait a minute. Your head. And then, yeah, you don't just walk out. You ask permission. Has Santa come? Can I exit? Okay. <laughs> and then Mom, in all her glory, is like, yes, dears, come out. And then we walk slowly. Sounds just like April. And we kind of giggle a lot. Because it's like, oh, we're adults and we are doing Santa. <laughs> oh, this is when you're adults. Oh, yeah. This is like, this. Is, it's always been the same. I thought this was a flashback to like, I'm five. No, I this is my, head my whole life. So every Christmas so this morning. This last year. Yeah. Okay. Every single, all 21 Christmas morning. Well, I guess it's been 20 Christmas, Christmas morning <laughs> have looked like this. So then we come out, we sit down, we do gifts. Um, We don't really have an order, but like we'll have like Santa gifts will not be wrapped. Anything Santa brought doesn't have. Doesn't Why do you still have Santa gifts when you're 20? Uh, and if you try and say thank you, mom and dad, she says, it's Santa. <laughs> <laughs> I love oh, it. It's mom, amazing. This is what I don't understand about Santa, okay? And don't get mad at me, people. My children don't believe in Santa. Listen, here's what? why. You didn't know that? Because your mom loves you, cares about you, understood what you wanted for Christmas, found it for you, paid for it, wrapped it. Put it under the tree. And then when you say thank you, she's going to be like, it wasn't me. It was Santa. No. <laughs> I'm not going to tell my child that the trampoline that I carried down the road last night and wheeled into my backyard in the dark and one of the poles fell off and hit me in the head. Wow. It really happened. It did hurt. Like, I'm not going to be like, Santa brought that for you. No, thank me. <laughs> I love you enough that I got you a trampoline. Okay. Don't thank some magic imaginary man. We're gonna crush their dreams. Anyways, so that's then more aggressive than I tell my children. Santa gifts aren't wrapped, and then we unwrap the gifts from our parents. And then we have stockings, and then we start to throw all the trash away. Maybe we eat something. Everyone showers. You put all your gifts. Maybe in your room. we eat something. We we don't have Just like a maybe. planned Christmas breakfast. Though. Okay. Um, then you put everything in your room, and then my grandpa FaceTimes us or calls us. It obviously used to be just a phone call. He calls us, and he asks us what we got for Christmas. We tell him our favorite gifts and stuff, and maybe we talk to my cousin, who always does Christmas morning at their house, at my grandparents' house. And um, then he's like, okay, see you in a few hours. What time are you coming? Because <laughs> then we go eat Christmas lunch at their house. But he still calls, even though he knows he's going to see us later. He calls and asks what we got, which is kind of sweet. Daw, or grandpa, if you will. 
Yo, I just call my grandparents Grandma and Grandpa. So I had Grandma and Grandpa Dodd and Grandma and Grandpa Forrest. Did, I did not have the Gigi's, Mimi's, Poo Poo's, Paws, Da's, Ga's, and Ma's. <laughs> I just, so then one day I was talking to Shelby and I said something about her grandpa and she looked at me like I just said a horrible word. I was like, Grandpa, it's duh. I'm like, well, I'm sorry, I don't know your specific name but for your grandfather. No, the reason it was frustrating because he does know it. He does know it. Yeah, but I'm not going to call him Da. Like, it's like me going, hey, Desiree, how's your Gigi? Like, <laughs> like no, I'm just going to say grandma. Hey, I, that's normal. I or if I'm feeling fancy, I'll go, Desiree, how's your grandmother? Your, your grandmother. My grandma is really good, guys. Aww. What's her name? Holly. Holly. Yeah. Just like Christmas. She's an angel. Anyway, she sorry. I didn't mean to cut you. <laughs> I didn't mean to cut you off from your Christmas story. So, yeah, yeah that's my Christmas morning and a little bit about Desiree's grandma. <laughs> Desiree, All around what does your Christmas morning look like? Yes. Okay, listen. This might sound very, like, bizarre, but my brother wakes me up every Christmas morning. Like, you know and how, he like, is now I'm, how old? He's, oh, goodness. He's 19. No, he's 19. And he's still going to bust in your room be like, Desiree, oh, it's yes, Christmas, it's Christmas, it's Christmas. Well, now he'll just send me a text, get up, <laughs> and go to the living room. Lazy. But moral of the story, he wakes me up. I would rather, like, lay in bed for, like, 10 minutes to, like, wake myself up. But no, he's like, let's go. So we used to live in a two-story house, but now we don't, so I'm very grateful. We just, like, walk out into the living room. We always do stockings first. Always. And then my brother's the type of person that n- my parents aren't allowed to grab the presents. My brother has to be the one giving everyone their presents. Yeah, so like play Santa or whatever? Yeah, well, it's mainly just because he wants all his presents first. He doesn't like to wait. Seems like a selfish move. <laughs> I mean, I get the motive. Like, I want my presents. But, like, he <laughs> of course is we all the get one. the motive. <laughs> he is the one sitting right next to the Christmas tree on the ground being like, here, Desiree, here's your gift. Open it. Open it. I'm like, Dylan, calm down. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm excited. But, yeah, he's the one that is so excited every morning, hands out the presents, makes sure everybody opens them, like, come on, Mom, hurry, hurry. But after that, guys, I couldn't tell you what we do. Every year's different. Oh, okay. Sometimes we go to my aunt's house. Sometimes they come to ours. Maybe if my stepdad's feeling very nice, he'll make us breakfast. But sometimes it's my mom. But you know what we do have actually every Christmas? French toast because it's mm. my favorite thing in the world. Amen, sister. Okay, Ooh, my, my hot take on breakfast foods is that I would pick French toast over pancakes, over over waffles. I'm right there with you. Yeah, I would 100% take French toast. Waffles over are things. too fluffy, guys. Mm-mm. I don't know fluffy. To me, they're French crunchy. French toast is too dense. No. French with toast? Pancakes sugar? are the dense ones. I don't like pancakes. Well, then, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> But you have to put powdered sugar on there. Yeah, no. and I'm not talking about just like the ones you make out of the like white the Wonder Bread at home. I'm talking about the ones they make from like the, the baguettes, the delicious Ooh, that the they cut like at an angle. And, oh yeah, yeah, those are really good. The barrel, the cracker of the barrel, has some pretty good French toasty toast. I actually deny <gasps> that. Wow, I worked there no, for like four years. Well, yeah, you worked there for forever. Ooh, Buenos Dias French toast. That stuff slaps. We have a local place called Buenos Dias. They make breakfast burritos and French toast, and it's amazing. Go to I my friend to Maria. She w- she's in there. Tell Maria Dan sent you. She won't know who I am, but she'll still get you a burrito. Describe him, and she probably will. Be like he's the big guy who gets poblano and chorizo, and she'll be like, oh yeah, because I won't know. It. Lie. She knows my order when I go in there now. 
Maria and I are friends. So why doesn't she know your name then? Well, I'm just saying I don't know that she, like, if you went in there and said Dan sent me, that it would mean anything to her. But Okay, I get that. But yeah. one could hope. Anyway, sorry. You, if they feel kind, you do breakfast. Do you have anything else to add to your Christmas schedule? Not really. It just, we go over to our my family's house or not. But actually, I do know this Christmas. They're coming to our house. Ooh, that's always nice. Which is nice because we don't, like, get dressed up fancy for Christmas. We stay in our pajamas all day. Like, whatever you sleep in is what you stay in you the whole day. You even, like, change pajamas into different pajamas? You have a whole other set of pajamas for... I Dog, I sweat in my sleep. You okay, you well, don't I don't do that. There's the sleeping sleep pajamas, and then there's the pictures on Christmas Day pajamas. Exactly. Yeah, well, like, joke, maybe I if I sleep in, like, ugly pajamas. But, like, normally, like, I'll put on, like, maybe a pair of leggings, but a baggy T-shirt. We don't get dressed up because we plan to stay in... Or play with their toys outside, but we don't do that now because we're older. What are you talking about? Yeah. I'm Come on, Mom. Can I get a pony? <laughs> All right. A pony. Are you guys ready for the Dodd family Christmas day? Oh, yeah. Exciting. Here's how it goes. You, you can pick on it as much as you want because I'm going to pick on you. On yours. Okay, so I'm going to backtrack all the way to Christmas Eve night. Christmas Eve night, we would always go to our Christmas Eve service, candlelit service. You always end with silent night as you're holding little candles that had the little protectors on them, the little plastic, mm-hmm. so the wax doesn't get on your hands. And what I would do is I would spend the whole service um, – getting my finger as close to the flame as I could. And then at the end of the night, I would try to be brave enough to like lick my fingers and then put the candle out <laughs> with my fingers instead of blowing it out. And I've some years I burned the crap out of my fingers. Anyway, that's my Christmas Eve. Then we go home and we do the, our sibling gift exchange. I'm one of five. Yep, exactly. We swap, we swap names, as I said before. And we swap names. Uh, and we do the yarn, the string game, as we call it, which is with the yarn, where we go all over our house. It looks like lasers all over the house. We do that as we watch... Um, a Christmas story. Then we go to bed, okay? Now, I'm going to backtrack to one of my kid. When I was a kid, we had a paper route, like, all growing up. And uh, on Christmas Day, there were these, like, added bulletins that made the papers ginormous, like, super big. Um, and so my whole family, all of us siblings would wake up at, like, 5 a.m. and run around and deliver the papers of our paper route. And it was freezing cold because I lived in New York. And we looked like trash because you're wearing really gross. Like, you're wearing four pairs of sweatpants and mm. trudging through the snow. But anyway, we would do it all together. We would finish it. We would come back. And while we looked gross and um, sweaty and nasty, we would open our stockings first. We'd just oh, get yes. home. we all open them simultaneously. You don't have to go one by one. It was stockings. Mm. And it's like 8 a.m., 7 a.m. probably by the time we got home. Open the stockings. Hooray. I got chapstick for the 12th I was time. Say, is it stuff like toothpaste and deodorant? or was Yeah, it like it's always a, new, always a new toothbrush. Some socks. Mm-hmm. Any candy? Um, candy in there, yep. Always the Smiles. The Walmart brand Smiles. Oh, those yeah. fruit snacks. Mm-hmm. Always those Smiles. Those are so good. We yes. had a friend live with us for a little while. He was probably like, I don't know, 18 to 20 at the time. I don't really even know how old he is now. But that was his request every week from the grocery store when mom went. He wanted the Walmart Smiles. They were my, for a long time, I don't know that they are anymore because the Albanese have taken over. The Albanese gummy bears oh, have taken over. Oh, my word. But for a long time, Smiles were my favorite, like, fruit snack. And if you know me, gummies are, like, if I'm going to eat a candy, gummies are, like, what I want. Nerf clusters. So, (laughs) those are my new. Those are quickly moving up the ranks. Anyway, so we opened stockings. And then, all. meanwhile, my mom, after we've all gone to bed, has packed the tree. And remember, there's five of us. So, there's, like, a bazillion presents. And this is always funny to me because every year, my mom would look at us. Now, remember, my dad's a pastor. My mom taught at a Christian school. There's five of us. Uh, we were not rolling in the money, okay? Uh, and every year my mom would look at us and go, once I got old enough to understand, she'd always be like, hey, guys, I just want to let you know, like, 
there's not as much this year. Like we just did not get as many presents. It breaks so your heart. don't be. She's almost like prepping us. Like don't be upset. There's not that many presents. Like and we're always like, mom, it's totally fine. Like we don't need that many presents. Like don't worry about it. Let's just have a great day and be together. You know that was always in her. And then every morning I was like, this is so many presents. My mom is a liar. Okay, I love her, but that was always a load of baloney. It got Do to the point. Better it got to the point where Sharon would look at me and be like, guys, there's not that much. And I'd be like, Mom, that's just, I just know that's already I false. I already know. I don't even have to see. I just already know. And then she would be like, no, but this year I'm like, yeah, okay. And I'd roll my ass. But anyway, uh, so then what happens is after we open the stockings, we make a big Christmas breakfast, um, which for some reason, again, chocolate orange on Christmas always included like lots of oranges, like wedges. I don't know why. There was like fruit. Fresh Lots of grapefruits and citrus, Fruit. citrus and pancakes and stuff. We'd eat breakfast, and then my and then I would take a shower and be ready in all of four seconds. And my sisters would then take the next three hours to get ready because my mom was going to take pictures while we opened presents, so they you had to be ready that long. Correct. To open so presents. I'm like an eight year old, and it's like two p.m. And I'm like, yo, when are we opening presents? And my sister would come down. I'd be like, are you ready? And she'd be like, my hair's still wet. I got to fix it. And I'd be like, ah. And I'd go to another one. And Heather would be like, I haven't even gotten in the shower yet because Amy and Chrissy are hogging it. And I'd be like freaking out as a kid because I was just staring at the one big box that I was hoping was the Wii. You know, like things like that. Um, eventually, they would get ready. We would open gifts. Um, and we would go one by one. And my mom, so that we wouldn't know, would have like a number system where instead of putting our names on it, because so we couldn't walk up and be like, is this one mine? And shake Shaking it. it. She yeah. would like, she would make Dan's are all the numbers like in the 300s. And like Mark's are all the numbers in the 100s or like even. She had like a whole confusing. secret system. So like we'd pick it up and be like, mom, who's 338? And she'd like look at her pencil and be like, that's Heather. And then we'd hand it to Heather. So we went one at a time. So Heather opened it. We all cheered. We were all like, oh, yes. yay. Uh, what a beautiful shirt. And then we'd go to the next one. Um, and then we opened them all. We always had Christmas dinner. Actually, when I was really little, we would go to my grandma's, who lived about an hour away. We would open all of our gifts, um, and then, like, right around lunchtime, we'd drive an hour to my grandma's in Elmira, New York, Horseheads, New York, and then uh, we would come back home. But we would eat dinner, and dinner was always ham. I don't like ham. Oh, Michelle doesn't like ham either. A good spiral honey ham? My mother is Delicious. obsessed with ham. Okay, I wouldn't say I'm obsessed. My mother loves it. But I'm like, no, I could, thank you. I'll eat ham. Michelle doesn't like ham either. I will eat it, but I don't like it. In a world where Dan and Shelby have the most elevated of taste, they bring to you their recommendations. This is Dan and Shelby's Elevated Taste. All right, we're back for another installment of Shelby and Dan's Elevated Taste. Or was it Dan and Shelby's Elevated Taste? You can okay. be first. It's Shelby and Dan's. So for this week's episode of Elevated Taste, um, I, got, I got a throwback stuck in my head. It's going to be Forever Yahweh, uh, YW... Or YHWH. It's one of those like uh, vowel only written ones. Uh, but do, do you know man. why? Do you know why it's like that? Because no. there's no vowels in the Hebrew alphabet, and so when they write the name of God in English, it just translates to YHWH. I wish y'all could see my face right now because my mind is freaking blown. Can you imagine how much smarter I'd be if I went to Bible college? <laughs> Hebrew is a language written without. It's without written vowels. Sorry. So like. There's there's vowels, yeah. So like, but all that say, so it's like when we say Yahweh, like those are just what most scholars agree are probably the right hmm. vowels. Um, but yeah, it would just be written as YHWH. But they wouldn't. Al- they also wouldn't say it because the name of God was so sacred. But hmm. anyway, that's why it's YH. It's not them being cool and being like. I thought they were trying to be youth. Y T H. You yeah. know. <laughs> 
interesting. Anyway. I feel like I just learned so much more through this episode, the whole thing. I know. That's our elevated taste speaking. Uh, mine is going to go, I was trying to think of like a show or something, but I'll, I'll, I'll bring a show or a movie next week. But my elevated taste recommendation right now is just got to be Lauren Daigle's Christmas album because it is Christmas week and uh, it's yes. called Behold is her Christmas album. It's so good. It dropped in like 2016, so it's like six years old. But the first song is Jingle Bells, and it's all jazzy. And it's got like trumpets and stuff, and like saxophone. Not not trumpets, it's a saxophone. But like, that's a saxophone, right? I have no idea. I'm so un, I'm so non musical. I'm assuming that's saxophone. Hey, Ethan Taylor, what is it? Wait, doesn't he? He doesn't play saxophone. He plays. Oh, he knows instruments. Hey, I'm gonna shout out some band kids now. Garrett, we got <laughs> Lena Whitesell, Garrett Hannock, uh, Ethan Taylor, Emily Acebo, um, Jake Farnoli. Who else? Play the first few minutes minutes play the first few seconds of the lauren daigle jingle bells i think it's saxophone it's, ca- it's gotta be I don't saxophone think we can actually do that i think we might be get, like we might be taking no i'm not gonna minutes. play it off th- i'm not gonna play it right oh, now i'm saying go to your phone and play it i think we're allowed to play 30 seconds or less actually oh wow yeah because it's like a sample we'll just play it in your car just in case listen yeah then. just just pause real quick hit pause we'll pause for you <laughs> and play it real quick okay what was it Shoot us a DM. Anyway, I just think that album is fire. I said anyway again. That album's fire. Uh, her voice is insane. She does love Jesus. Uh, True. But her voice is insane, and that album is fire, and it will get you in the Christmas spirit. And then to wrap the whole thing up, play a Christmas song by Nat Kingle, and then you will be really feeling the Christmas vibes. My recommendation this week is to laugh like this. <laughs> Nailed it. And that's been another installment. Of Dan, of Shelby and Dan's elevated taste. We'll keep alternating because we're equals. Amen. While it's Christmas, and since we are chaos, and we are all about Jesus, and we're all about the Bible. Yeah. Here's what I want to do real quick, okay? I want to talk, the three of us, and the millions of listeners. Uh, I want to talk about what does the Bible actually say about the Christmas story, and what are just some things we've kind of made up and believed, Okay. Okay. So, like, give me some things. Like, what are some things when you think of the Christmas story as we tell it, like in books, um, and in, in your nativity scene? I got uh, one. Like, what's what? What do you what do you think of? Give me the give me like the story. Like, okay. just give me the quick. Story. I got one, guys. So, was Mary really nine months pregnant when she took a seventy mile journey? How do you know it's seventy miles? Are you just that smart? I'm pretty positive I heard I think he might be right, someone actually. say that. <laughs> I'm actually, I think I'm right. Smart. I heard that at church one time. Yeah. To be honest, I think John said that on Sunday morning oh, one time. Well, then you are listening. Everyone listen like Desiree listens. Yes. Yeah, 70 listen. miles to Bethlehem, guys. But was she really nine months pregnant? Because I don't think a nine-month pregnant lady could travel 70 miles. Cars weren't invented this time, guys. Oh, Okay. Was Sorry. I right? No, you're asking great questions. I Google, I use the Google machine, the as we Google call machine. it, on the podcast. And this says, uh, if the current hypothesis among biblical scholars stands, it's a four-day journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Mary and Joseph would have had to travel about 90 miles in four days. Okay, averaging well, about a two-and-a-half-hour mile, mile pace, roughly eight hours a day. I was close. No, no, that's pretty close. I, d- I didn't know the number off the top of my head. So that's why I just really, I actually really wanted it to be 70. I don't want to lie to the I'm pretty positive John said that. Guys. I think he did. He probably was talking about it might maybe it's 70. I don't know. Maybe they lived on the south side of Nazareth and they only went to the north side of Bethlehem. Who knows? Uh but like let's start at the beginning. Like we have Mary, 
You said, did she travel when she was nine months pregnant? I mean, that's something we see all the time, right? The story we see is uh, Angel comes to Mary, tells her she's going to be pregnant, she talks to Joseph, blah, blah, blah. And then there's this census, and they have to go back to his hometown, Bethlehem, where his family is, and they have to uh, do this whole, like, taxes thingy majiggy. Um, and what the, the story we always see is that Mary's, like, huge, that she's, like, nine months pregnant, about to drop this baby, uh, as they're like walking and she's riding on a donkey and they pull up to the holiday inn and they knock and there's a very mean innkeeper who opens like a half door. I have this cartoon in my head of this guy opening like the half door, you know, where you only open mm-hmm. the top of the door and he's like, what do you want? And they're like, we need a room. My wife is about to give birth. And he's Please. like, we hate you. There's no room. Can't you see our no vacancy sign? And he like kicks him out and then like they start to cry and the innkeeper's like, oh no, maybe I was mean. I do have a barn out back. And they're like, they go and sit in the straw and in the hay. Did you say the savior? And then, <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then like as they're, yeah, that's what I'm saying. This is pretty much what I'm picturing is veggie shows. And then as they're sitting in this barn, Mary's like, oh no, I'm having the baby. And they're like, oh no, the baby's here. And it's like just Joseph and just her. Um, and they have this baby and then while they're having the baby, like right afterwards, there's a bunch of shepherds who are like, yo, some angels told us to come hang out and they're in the stable. And then as the shepherds are hanging out, these wise men come in and they're like, hello, we are from far away and we came to see the baby. And then they're like, we brought these gifts for the baby. All th- the three of us brought these gifts and it was all on December 25th. So all that happened. Here's what I want to tell you. Most of that, not in the Bible. Wait, what? Yeah. Most of that's like speculation. There's some guy who wrote, uh, this book well after the Bible um, that we don't include in the Bible because most people, most, um, you're talking Jesus about Joseph Smith, the Mormon. No, <laughs> I am not. That oh. came much later, uh, but much more inaccurate probably. But anyway, this guy wrote this myth book about the Christmas story where he added all these details and they just kind of filtered into our narrative of the Christmas story. So like, what does the Bible actually say? Okay. Again, Mary most likely isn't going to pre- travel while nine months pregnant. That's just dumb. Right, like no one, even like no one today would be like, "All right, I'm due in a week. I'm gonna have this baby. I think it's time for me to travel to go on a four day trip across the country. Um, we're gonna drive to Las Vegas, and uh, I'm gonna have the baby there. Like maybe in California if we're feeling crazy. Like no one's gonna do that. Like yeah, like what let's you, hope she doesn't have the baby on the trip. Right, like no one gets it. Like there's a reason pregnant women don't fly when they're like past the third trimester. You know stuff like that. Like, like what? How irresponsible would it be? For Joseph to be like, hey, Mary, we found out we had to go to this place a couple months ago. Let's just wait until you're about to give birth, and then we'll start walking 90 miles. Sound good? And then you might think, well, like, Mary just rode the donkey the whole time. Okay, well, maybe, but there's no donkey in the Bible. There's no camel in the Bible. Um, maybe they had an animal. I don't know, but they didn't. They weren't very rich, so maybe they didn't have an animal to ride. Like, I don't know. Like, all that to say, my guess, guess, like, what history would tell us would be that well before – nine months they went hey mary's pregnant we should be prepared let's travel to bethlehem well before you're due that way we can be situated and settled in the town then when you have the baby we'll be like good we can handle this okay so that's the first thing that pops in my head the next one is this concept of the holiday inn you know where they get shot down do they get like a special room like where all the fancy rooms shut down so they didn't have any more available. <laughs> like, excuse me, could we get a suite? The They're suites? like, ooh, we were out of suites. 
Actually, you're gonna have I to go to the barn. Out, bed back in back in the cleaning closet. That's what it sounds like. It sounds like they're like, ooh, the sweets are all taken because mm. because again, here's the other thing, Lo. Like like because of this consensus, like Mary and Joseph would have had to know that everyone was going back to their hometown. So again, why would they wait till the last minute while she's pregnant and they know everybody else is gonna be traveling? It's like I don't think they were that dumb. And Only Dan Dodd what? procrastinates like that. Truly, don't forget this is around Christmas. <laughs> So, like, obviously, everyone's traveling. Yeah, like, right. what's the traffic the, the like between <laughs> the census and the holidays? What is the traffic The traffic like? is crazy in the holiday season. The, the innkeeper was like, sorry, man, it's Christmas time. It's crazy. You know, Joseph Actually, was like, We've already it. helped all of the charity cases <laughs> that we could. Move along. We've already done our fundraising and uh, charity work. Uh, anyway, uh, they didn't stay in a barn. That's another thing. That's the thing. Like, we have this concept of, like, this inn where – all the people traveling and stayed was full because Mary and Joseph were dumb and they Joe waited. Fish. Joe Fish. They waited till the last minute, even though she was pregnant, even though they knew they had to travel and there was just, it was no, it was full. But here's the thing: the word that gets translated in. I'm gonna go Bible on you guys for a minute here. Remember, the Bible not written in English. Uh, New Testament Luke would be written in Greek, Koine Greek, and the word that gets translated to in is used in other places, and it's literally just used. The real translation would be closer to just a place to stay. So it's not talking about like a motel, hotel, hotel, holiday, holiday inn. Whoa, I was really struggled there. The yeah, that's what I was trying That's what I was trying to reference, but my mouth did not want to say okay, the words correctly. Um, but listen, so most likely it wasn't an inn. What it probably was was just a relative's house. Wait. Like houses back in the day just had guest rooms. Like basically. Like and remember, he's going back to his hometown where all of his family is from. So most likely, Joseph is going back to where a bunch of his relatives live. Even Mary has some relatives who are somewhat close by, within a couple hour walk. Um, and like, so they, it's not like they walked up to the inn, the hotel, and they're like, "Sorry, no room. You can stay in a barn." Not true. What probably happened was Mary and Joseph traveled before she was going to give birth, and they probably stayed at a relative's house in their guest room, but. There probably wasn't room for Jesus, the baby, because all the other family had to come back too, so the place is probably packed, okay? So when we look at it that there was no room for them in the place to stay, what we're probably looking at is when Jesus was laid in a manger. We talk about that, a feeding trough. That's kind of where we get the whole idea that they were like in a barn because they put Jesus in this thing for animals. But here's how it worked back in Israel back in the day. Ready? Mm -hmm. Animals were very valuable. Like it was basically their money. So they kept the animals in their house with them. That sounds weird. What? But like the bottom floor was like where the animals lived and where the animals ate. So hence the manger, the feeding trough. And then the upstairs was like the big family room where everybody slept. And then sometimes they would have another floor like that, like the rooftop, which is for like guests. So what this is saying is because all the other family members are in town, there's nowhere to put Jesus because this baby and all the guest rooms are probably taken. So they laid Jesus where the animals slept in the manger, okay? So I feel like the reason people think they're in a barn is because in a manger, isn't there hay? Or isn't that what you feed animals? Right, but I mean, the Bible, I don't think the word hay is in the Bible. It's not well, I'm just too. saying, like, correlate hey. to what people think. Right, exactly. Though. Like every they image, would think hay. Right, and every image you see, it's like a wooden box with hay in it and then Jesus in, like, a blanket laid on top. Also, though, this is going to blow your mind. Wood is not very, um, like, wood is scarce in mm. Israel. Like, there's not a ton of trees. They don't live in a forest. They live yeah, in a desert. The desert. Like, most likely that manger was like a little bowl made of stone. 
because more things hey, were made out of bougie. stone. In that, in Bethlehem, there's more things made of stone than wood because there's not tons of trees everywhere to cut down. I never Ooh. thought of it that way. Also, this could also blow your mind. You ready? Mm-hmm. Joseph mm-hmm. being the dad, we mm-hmm. always call him a carpenter. Mm-hmm. Probably closer to the translation is the word builder. He probably worked with wood, but he probably also did mostly like masonry, like worked with stone because, again, a whole lot more stone in Israel than trees. Anyway. All right. Next thing I had uh, in our myths and things is this idea that it was like just Mary and Joseph in a barn as she had the baby. Like all throughout history, pregnant women are like, like taken care of. Do you know what I mean? Like every, almost every culture, if you're like a pregnant woman, like you get, what's the word I'm looking for? Like they get special treatment. Yeah, like top care almost, right? Like so, like if Mary rolled into town to Joseph's family and was pregnant, they're not gonna be like, you can sleep in the barn and give birth alone, enjoy. No, like she's gonna be surrounded by like midwives. There's probably someone who lived in the town who like it was their job to help women have babies. She was probably being cared for again in the relative's house, most likely it's like where she had Jesus the baby. And again, she'd probably been there for like a couple months already. So I remember all this is like speculation. I wasn't there. I don't know. But we're just looking, if we look at like culture and history of Israel and compare it to the narrative and the myth of the story that we hear today, it just doesn't really make sense. Because the other one is like the wise men probably weren't showing up when Jesus was like just born. Like they traveled from really, really far away. It probably took them like years to get there. They probably saw a toddler Jesus. They probably saw like the Hudson version of Jesus <laughs> where he's one in something and he's like walking around a little bit and they're like, oh shoot, this dude's going to save the world. And then also, how many wise men were there? Apparently three. No, nah, the Bible doesn't tell us how many wise men there are. We have three gifts, right? Well, there's three of us and we're pretty wise. So, But that's we're all true. you're not men. Oh, yeah, that's One that's man true. here. So you're wrong, basically. And then my last myth, ready? Jesus pretty much wasn't born on December 25th. How do you know that? Well, I mean, I guess I don't know, but the odds are not ever in the favor of Jesus being born on the 25th. It just, uh, you can read lots of things. There's some that say um, Christians basically tried to like redeem a pagan holiday. There's not a ton of evidence for that. Another one is just that they believe people would have guessed when Mary, when the angel visited Mary and told her, and then they put it out nine months and they got December 25th. It never really knows. But like, there's like, most likely, it's not the day of Jesus' birth on the 25th. But here's the thing. Again, are these things in this story, like, wrong and sinful to think and know? Probably no. not going to go to hell. If you right. Think like, like Mary riding a donkey or not riding a donkey. Like, I don't think one is going to change what we believe about Jesus to be true, that he's yeah, the Savior of the world. Yeah, and that it's like, who's his daddy, and did he die for your sins? Right. <laughs> 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 yes, exactly. But I just say this to say this. I My whole life, I think I just, like, bought into that stff because of the cartoons I watched as a kid or the VeggieTales I saw or the books I read where Jesus, where Mary was on a donkey and, you know, the angels were, like, there with the shepherds and the wise men because of the nativity scene. Um, but I do actually have memories of my dad walking up to the nativity scenes when I was a kid and, like, taking the wise men from the scene and, like, moving them far away. <laughs> They're, like, <laughs> way down like, the hill. He brings right. them over He was like, they weren't, they weren't there. Let's just move these guys. They're on their way, you know. Just funny things like that. But all I want to say is we believe the Bible to be true and to be important. And sometimes we let the story we think to be true from the Bible in our head, but we don't actually read it for ourselves. Mm. And so we forget what's actually in the Bible and what's just speculation that has been added 
for basically, I mean, because if we think about that, all the stuff that got added to the Christmas story, it adds drama. Mm-hmm. Like the idea of like it's raining and Mary and Joseph roll into Bethlehem and they find the one in and they're like, please, sir, we need a, she's having labor. She's in labor. She's going to have a baby. We need a room. And he's like, there's no room. I'm to stay in the barn out back. And they like rush to the back and Mary's like, I'm not going to make it. And he's like, we'll get there. And like them alone in the barn together, Jesus is born. And the shepherds roll in and the, you know, all this stuff. It just adds like drama. But really, like most likely, they got there months before. They settled in at his at his relative's house, and they got all situated. And Mary had a lot of help, and had people taking care of her. And Jesus was born, and it's just a lot less dramatic. But it's still incredible because still a little baby came to Earth and changed history forever. He's yeah. still the most polarizing baby person Jesus in history. In yeah, eight pounds, six ounce, baby Jesus. <laughs> eight pounds, more like six. That's maybe. more speculative. Wow, you think Jesus was a small baby? Yeah. I don't what's know why. what's driving your thoughts of Jesus being a small baby? Well, if we're just talking about like the story that everyone knows, <laughs> like we'll him see. being in a little major, like they're not that big. How do you know how big a major is? Well, it just depends how many animal animals his family <laughs> has. <laughs> they could have been the size. Then like just coming trough. at us with the knowledge. Like, what if it was like the size of a horse trough, like the baptistry, and they laid him in that? It's just like a giant. Like thing. you're yeah. letting this image fill your he head. Was that he was swallowed by the horse I'm trough. I'm just going to think he was a small baby. Okay. <laughs> He's a because small you're baby, thinking right? you're thinking he's not noticeable, right? No one would look. Now that's one thing for sure is in this story, like right, we're not adding drama of them being in a barn. We like to sell that a little bit that he was born in a barn. He came from such a low place, but like even then, like he was still born in probably like a relative small, like humble home uh, in Bethlehem. Like he wasn't born in a mansion. He wasn't born in a palace. He wasn't born in this big city. He was still born to a small, quiet, like family birth. That's was unassuming. The meek right? and lowly. Yeah, the meek and lowly, exactly. So and he's still, again, savior of the world. That part doesn't change at all. Hallelujah. But I think just my, my, my encouragement would be to you guys at some point this week, um, before Christmas, go to Luke two and just read Luke two. And don't add anything to it. Don't add that she was on a donkey. Don't add that um she was in labor when they arrived in Bethlehem. Just read the story for what it is. And you'll realize there's actually not a ton of detail in there. Um, and that's why we've kind of added all these things to it. It but could have been a very stressful time. There's not a lot of detail because of that. It was definitely, definitely stressful. What are the more stressful times in your life? The change of jobs, moving somewhere, and having kids. And, and being and counted. And if you look at those three things, and being <laughs> counted, and taxes. Taxes are the worst. Hey, don't the downsides of adults. So, well, okay, sure, but Mary and Joseph right, are I not in college. I got a question that probably doesn't really go f- with this part of the podcast, but like, Later, when they're counting people, like when, well, I guess not later, but when, like, they were doing the census and they were killing all the firstborn sons, like, how many times did that happen in history? Like, could they have been scared that, like, that was going to happen when they got there and were being counted? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it sounds like you're mashing up two different parts of the story, though. I am, yeah. Okay, so you have Mary and Joseph go to Bethlehem. like, Like, had the census ever been something like that before baby Jesus was born? And could they have been worried that, like, that was going to happen again. Sure. I think, so the census and the killing of the children are two separate events. Oh. So the census would be Rome basically going, hey, we have this huge, massive empire. We want to count our people. That way we can know what taxes we want to expect. So go to your hometown so we can count you and tell you how much you owe us in taxes. Okay, so that's what they're doing. Yeah. Then we have the wise men run into Herod mm-hmm. on their way to Jesus. So mm-hmm. this is probably post-Jesus birth. Mm-hmm. And they're like, hey, man, we're here to worship the new king. 
Herod, who's currently king mm-hmm. Israel, like king of the Jews, um, would be like, I don't like that too much. So he lies and is like, hey, tell me when you find him because I want to worship too, which is a load of baloney. He just wants to take him out. <gasps> so when they don't go back to him, because God, actually, I think it's, if I remember right, there's a verse that just basically says, a dream told the wise men, hey, don't go back that way, go a different way. And so they avoid Herod on the way back. He gets really ticked off. And basically what he does is he just says, hey, every, this is a terrible thing, but he says every child in that area, because they said he's from Bethlehem, right? He's in Bethlehem. So he basically says every boy two or under, kill him. Mm-hmm. So he basically goes, if I don't know who he is, I'll just kill all of them. That's crazy. Um, so that's when then I think Joseph has a dream, and the angel's like, bro, get out of here, and they run to Egypt, and they stay in Egypt basically until Herod dies. And then an angel comes to Joseph and is like, hey, Herod's dead. You can go back home. But he's still scared to go back to Bethlehem, so that's when he goes back to Nazareth. Did that help you understand, Shelby? So, yes, they could have been afraid. Yeah, but I think <laughs> but I think if you look at it, like, things like that have happened in history before. Like, even yeah. with even in Israel, like, with the Jews, like, in Egypt, right? With Moses. Like, they're killing all the baby boys. Let because, my people go. Because Pharaoh was like, man, there's so many Jewish people. They're going to take us over. I'm scared of that. Let's keep them enslaved and let's kill their kids, and which is terrible. So, that's why Moses gets put in a basket and sent down the Nile. But then God's like, I got this. This is a horrible situation, but I'm going to work it out to something good because that's what our God yeah, and does. Yeah, if you haven't seen Prince of Egypt, you should probably watch it. Prince of Egypt actually is fire. Fire movie right there. Disney really could have done that if they tried. Nah, man. It's actually pretty good. So, yes, it was valid that they could have been afraid. 100%. Okay, I think. Cool. I, I mean, if you think about it, even afterwards, they still are afraid. So, they, yeah. they're refugees in Egypt. We don't. I don't know if we know exactly where they live or where they stay. I don't think those details are in there. They might be, but I forget. Because I don't have my Bible open at the moment. Mm-hmm. And I don't have a photo- photographic memory. I'm not quite there yet. So, uh, but anyway, when they're in Egypt, it's basically, you can tell they're still scared, right? So I think, like, the angel comes, like, hey, you can go back home to Bethlehem. And Joseph is like, I'm not going back there because who knows no if. No way, son. What if Herod's kid is like, okay, uh, it's been five years. Let's kill the babies again. You know, like, I don't know. So uh, they go back to Nazareth, and that's kind of where they, they grow up. And one of my favorite lines is, we do talk about meek and lowly, right? But mm-hmm. yes, this story might not have been as dramatic with Jesus entering the world as we think. Still highly stressful, right? They're still moving. Joseph has to deal with money. Um, birth and <laughs> having children is just stressful in general. Having and little the babies. The whole, the whole away in the manger about no crying he may, I think that's a load of baloney. I'm betting Jesus was crying uh, a lot because that's what babies do because they can't talk. So when they're hungry or they're upset, they just cry. I'm guessing Jesus wasn't like, excuse me, Mary, I am hungry. Like, that's just creepy. Or um, I need my poopy diaper <laughs> Right. Mary, I pooped again. Like, I don't think that's how that works. Love I think he Mary. cried. Right? He just <laughs> cried. Uh, so, yeah, I think it might not be as dramatic as that, but it's still a very meek and lowly because my favorite is when they move back to Nazareth and there's that line when Jesus is an adult and someone says, hey, isn't that Jesus of Nazareth? And they're like, yeah. And then, like, they literally say the line, Ugh, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Like, that place is trash. Yeah. So it's like you still have a meek and lowly, like he came from nothing, but he's God and Savior of the world. Wow. How amazing. So my encouragement to you, go read Luke 2. Um, Read it with your family. Read it by yourself. Read it and enjoy the Christmas story uh, and just check it out and be like, hey, I wonder if there's something that I believe to be true about the Christmas story from the Bible that's not actually in there. So it's a Merry Christmas from me, Daniel James Dodd. And me, Shelby Delane Smiley. And Desiree Nicole Ronan. Oh, yeah. Hey, oh, hey. This has been the That's Good Podcast. We'll catch you next time. That's good. Turn on.